We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep. I'm your host, David Cameo, and I'm joined by Cosmom09, Rachel Burt, Sharon D, aka Blazy Gardner, and Bridget. KO-FI.com slash Punky Brewster. That's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. We actually had a very extensive discussion in the unedited episode in the pre-show <laughs> that you can watch if you support us. It has everything to do with hot washes, <laughs> preparing for cons because we just came back from the camp, things that we want to do, things that we could be doing. And everything in between. And maybe some drama? No, I think that was cut out in the final analysis, right? I, I think... Yeah, please cut out that drama. I don't need anybody hearing that I overheard that. Which you can hear if you support us. Head over to either ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead or patreon.com slash squawkingdead. Select the tier of your choice or buy us a coffee. You can get access to any of this, these episodes, these unedited early access episodes for 30 days when you do buy us a coffee on ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead. Join a tier for as little as a dollar a month on Kofi and uh, get notifications. You'll know when these episodes drop early in all its unedited, hysterical glory. And this one in particular is worth a listen because uh, we talk about some of the behind the scenes stuff uh, from this podcast that feels like it's very intimate and it probably should be. Gosh, but uh, we're making that available to you so that you <laughs> you're on the inside of what we're doing now. So won't you join us? Oh, and uh, yeah, think about buying... Uh, some Phineas coffee. As you level up your podcast game with Squawking Dead, level up your coffee game. Let's go. Phineas Coffee roasts each bag to order, which means it will have optimal power when it reaches your doorstep. For coffee veterans, there's a bourbon barrel aged coffee from Guatemala. And for you coffee novices like Sharendi, Lazy Gardener, they have a cold brew with chocolate and toffee flavors. Go to PhineasCoffee.com and use the promo code Squawking Dead to get 10% off your next purchase. And now back to Squawking Dead. We're back. Wasn't that a great commercial? Hey, whoosh. Anyway, I like Phineas Coffee. I do. I really do. It's so good, actually. It's funny because I actually subscribed to this other coffee company also. And I was like, you know, it's like cheating on your girlfriend. Phineas Phineas (laughs) Coffee is like the, the hot new thing. And like... The one I do is like, it's fair trade. Oh my and God, all that someone stuff. meme this. Someone meme this with the guy who's like looking at the other chick. But it's coffee. Someone meme this quick. <laughs> I'm cheating on my coffee company with another coffee company. Mm. Oh, and hey, throughout this entire month, I think uh, th- for select days, we'll be having a sale in our merch store. When you head over to squawkingdead.com, click the main menu on the top left and just click merch. The discount will already apply. It's $14 t-shirts and up to 35% off everything else in the store. I got this one for $14. Oh, (laughs) wow. Look at that. Look at that shirt, (laughs) which you designed that art silhouette-based design for, for season two of The Walking Dead World Beyond. How lovely is that? Going to the sale and buying the merch is the perfect opportunity to get it before you come to That's My Viewing Party, the Walking Dead series finale view party that will end all viewing parties because we will be selling merch at the viewing party. It's going to be for a certain price. It's going to be regularly regularly priced for your pleasure. But when you buy it on sale in our merch store, it'll be significantly less because of the sale. Just a thought, there are more designs available in our merch store than, than there will be in the viewing party. However, we will be making available the new lo- one of the new logo designs and the new art design 
And I cannot wait to receive it next week because I I'm going to steal one of those for myself. And I'm I'm just raring to go. It, it's it takes the season 11 art design that we have that we have been selling and just takes it to a whole nother level. But I just can't wait to see it. So yeah. I, I can't wait for you to see it at the viewing party. If you're if you and if you are attending the viewing party, let us know in the comments or in a rating rate this podcast dot com slash walking dead. Just let us know that we're you're going to the viewing party. That's it. That's all we want to know. Say something. Say something. Yes. And if so, <laughs> seek us out because I want to know you're going to be there. I, I don't even know who's going to be there. It's crazy. Let's talk about this episode. What episode are we talking about? The Walking Dead. Episode Dead's 22. 22nd episode of its 11th final season. Titled <laughs> Faith. You like, yeah, a, like a faith, laugh. Faith, faith, <laughs> faith. Faith, I know. faith, faith. Yeah, I get it out of my system before I started watching it. <laughs> you gotta, <laughs> now you're done. Now it's still in your head. Okay, anyway, I said this like an accursed sailor. The water looks very still. Like, oh, there's nothing to talk about in this episode. There's a couple things, but nah, it's not going to take too long, right? Right, guys? And then Rachel Shut says... face. That's exactly <laughs> what she said. I just want to say that I watched a large chunk of this episode with Michael James Shaw sitting right next to me, so I don't Perfect remember segue. a whole lot of it. Like <laughs> She was just like this the whole time, just staring at him. Like, like he was literally right next to me. <laughs> That's exactly what it's going to get to. Yeah. Rachel, you said that if we talk about it before the show, we're never going to bring it up. But maybe we, we found the golden nugget opportunity where we could talk about we did, this. Because Charity wasn't here yet when we talked about it the first time. Ah, so the curse still stands. Okay. It's true. Yep. It's true. So how did that all go? So first of all, to give everybody like a framing of how this well, obviously we're at the camp. I was already on the road on the way home. Oscar, who runs the camp, Oscar Rodriguez III, that's going to come up later in this episode. You guys did a live watch of the present episode Sunday. And then afterwards you watched the next episode on AMC plus. Is that how it went down? Right. Yes. Okay, we, watched so during 21, that, we watched 21 and then we watched the premiere, uh, a on a premiere 22 on AMC plus. Gotcha. Gotcha. So to give a little bit more framing on what the camp is, is uh, walking dead people uh, sometimes go there. <laughs> uh, namely some of the bigger names are Josh Hamilton. Okay. McQuarrie Cooper Paola. Andrews. It was like Jerry, Jerry, Cooper, Andrews, Paula, Lazaro, and Teo. Michael James show. Oh, uh, Teo Rappels. And how could I forget Teo? How now he's going to know Teo? that I forgot about him. If unless I edit it and Teo Rappels. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get, I'm not going to get away from this. No. Some other Teo, cool people are there too. And, and Omid Abtabi. Oh, Omid Abtabi. Who, who told Rachel and I that he listened to one of our shows. And she's out of here. Yep. Oh, yep. I wish I. Oh no! Where was it? One yep. where we talked trash about fear. I immediately panicked, and I'm like, "Fuck! Which one? Which one? Which one? Which one?" The one with Howard, obviously. The one where Howard bites it. Was, he said it was seven ten or seven Either twelve. Either ten or twelve. Yeah. Which is the one where I think he bites it. Ten was the one where June stood up to him at the very end because that's Charlie's episode. Mm. And then twelve is the um, is Sunny Boy when he gets tossed off the roof. Oh, we would have had really good stuff to say during that episode. Actually, that was one yeah. of the better episodes. He would have yeah. seen me. Like, we freaking we reassured. Out. I was livid. <laughs> yeah, we reassured him that we were very angry that they killed Howard off so quickly. Mm -hmm. mm. We, we were. We were. He agreed. <laughs> DJ Qualls of uh, Z Nation fame was also there. And I got to hang out with Robert Hayes all weekend. And Rachel's still Wells, thirsty. Just wanted to say. <laughs> who played Wells in The Walking Dead, which was pretty cool. Was pretty, he's a really good, nice guy. Oh, right. You were, you were his like volunteer handler. I was his person. handler. You That's handled nice. him. 
I hand, no, I didn't. This no, is, he might that. see this. Cut. <laughs> Just like no, DJ Qualls not might not see this. <laughs> Rachel. Just drinks a drink, a, a swig of water. <laughs> That's making, not making, making it fun to edit for you. Margot Bingham, our beloved Max Mercer, was also there. Surprise yeah. visit from her, which cool, is yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Moving on. So as part of the viewing party, Oscar sets it up. Michael James Shaw is sitting next to you guys, happens to be. But you you take it away. Frame the rest of that. Michael James Shaw was, was walking around. He was, yeah, he... But he he was sitting over on one side and then he walked over and sat on another side. But then he sat next to us for probably 15 or 20 minutes just watching the episode with us. Unfortunately, he left before it got to the really, with us. His really good part. Yeah, but he was he was he got oh. tissues from Rachel. And um. <laughs> but why did he get tissues from Rachel and what scene specifically? Because that was oh, I thought that was really shoot, cool. I don't, rem- don't remember. Do Rachel, you remember Rachel? Rachel Mambo's. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was the scene can't where forget. Ginger Dude brings Negan out and then they bring Annie out and there and we called the red shirt. We were like and I remember I leaned forward and I'm like, Does Annie have a red shirt on? <laughs> can't tell him. <laughs> and, and, and then Ezekiel like, and then Ezekiel comes out and is like has his arms out or whatever and yeah, that he's like shit. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was cute. And he's like, Could I have some tissues? I'm like, Yes, yes you can, Michael James Shaw. <laughs> He was like, you guys are crazy, because we were talking about yeah. Annie being a red shirt. <laughs> like Linda, Linda like, turned you guys around. are crazy. Yeah, Linda turned around, and she says to me, she's like, are you still crying? And I'm like, no, you're crying. But the funny <laughs> thing is, it was actually Michael James Shaw sniffling. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's, isn't that so sweet? And he has such a different perspective than we do watching the show. Mm-hmm. I, I always feel that, like, actors have a level of detachment from... The experience well, they that see, we have they see the guts right like they see right. how it's made so it's it is different so it's, it's like there's mm-hmm. a little distant but then yeah. to hear that it's like oh wow he really he really felt that and to be fair he's not in the scene but cooper andrews he came on stage after the episode was over and they were talking about filming and little and things like that but then cooper also said that it's not often that the actors get to watch the audience react to their work and that it's very gratifying to them or to him to be able to to sit and watch it with us and see how we reacted to what happened here and what happened there. He was really really sweet, and of course he was holding his little dog the whole time, which was adorable. So cute! <laughs> it was so cute. Such a big man holding a tiny dog. <laughs> a little tiny right. dog. Right. But yeah, he he was very sweet and um just was like thank you guys for you know, letting us watch this with you. It was like awesome. Yeah, it was. I wish we'd filmed it, but again we were You're welcome. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> is what was said right it was like, you're welcome <laughs> all at once he's like oh i should do this more often well, so gratifying if they're looking back on thinking about filming those episodes that was really close to the end of filming for them and it wrapped up mm-hmm. a time in their life so like i could really see that no matter what being a really emotional time for whoever's watching it's emotional for us because Mm. you know we love the show and we've loved it for so long and for what we've seen out of our interviews a lot of the people that we've interviewed have watched the show prior to being on it and loved it and and loved it for what it was and so there's that viewpoint from them too but i also imagine it's like when you leave a job 
and then you like think about back on working with those people and how much you miss your friendships with them and and you'll never be that close again because that's just how life is right like life gets in the way and and you lose touch with those people and you're maybe not as close with them as you used to be and yeah and i think it's really easy for that to happen to them too so they must relish in conventions just as much as we do because it's time for them to get together with their family too which i think is really cool it's like leaving the job and coming back yeah I and just, it being okay know. too not weird yeah i think it's it's nice it's <laughs> right? nice right it's nice moment <laughs> leaving high school and coming back to see hey like you know the yeah. administrators like if you're friendly with them but then if you keep coming back it's like ooh, that's awkward weird. i have to Which say they um cooper Sorry. and okay especially obviously are so fan oriented because not only did they come to your viewing party but they left your viewing party and came to the viewing party at nick and norman's to say hi to everyone there which, which is you just were there at incredible and they took pictures with us they like took time to walk around the restaurant they didn't mm-hmm. have to do that that was a, a no obligation situation and it was so kind of them to do that because just because they know that we love them and that we love the show I don't it was just really special the whole weekend I have a lot of fond memories of obviously I got to spend yeah. time with you guys but I do too but Same. um yeah. those, are, those are moments that really like it took me aback from kind of where we were and just kind of let me look at the whole situation and and really appreciate what everyone is going through with these episodes well done Bridget you framed that very well so <laughs> we, we got an understanding <laughs> for that no I I'm like I had to step back from myself and go I don't have to say shit after that <laughs> which i usually do <laughs> the bossiness is just taking over everywhere guys i write this the- podcast now too <laughs> bridget's gonna do the intro next week watch how i make her do the this no, is how much i boss no. around hi i'm do bridget the, do the intro do it better call, better squat hi, i'm bridget have you been bitten by a zombie <laughs> get the fuck away from me here, Squawking Dead. I can get you I'm... compensation. <laughs> <laughs> right. I can get you compensation, quote unquote, <laughs> for the audio podcast. Sharon, he looks awesome today because I had given her, and it's not to toot my own horn, but, but uh, now I am backhandedly. Shouldn't we be tooting Evelyn's horn? Really? Yeah. I talked to Evelyn <laughs> about two months prior to this. I knew about this the whole time, too. Yeah, I didn't tell anybody. I was such a good boy. I spoke to Evelyn about. So she had she had bought herself a new laptop. And I said, what are you going to do with your MacBook? And she said, oh, I was going to give it in to get a little bit back, like a hundred bucks back for her new towards her new laptop as a rebate. And I said and she's like, "I'm, but I'm not just not going to do it. I was like, you know what? Would it be okay if I just formatted this and sent this to Sharon to you? Because we've been having a lot of trouble with recording and since it's only going to be a hundred bucks and if you want i can give you the hundred bucks she said no (laughs) and i said i'll format it i'll send it over to her she can personalize it for herself she can start transfer things over if she wants to you could just use it separately a chromebook for pleasure (laughs) and a macbook for work like editing and stuff and then she says yeah yeah and then i just kept all the educational stickers on there in the back and it has comes with a case and everything says so, as you can see and hear it's working out quite well so far and i'm beating the shit out of her stream right now because we stopped the recording for the unedited pre-show and we started it again i paused her uploads things have been working great so far i don't care about bad luck fuck you people it's working and it's working better than it ever has been ever since the history of her coming on this show and maybe a little bit before. So I invite the gods to, to fuck with me right now. No, I invite don't. them. Thank, 
Take it back. And thank you, Evelyn. I will I will clip this out and send this to her. And she's Aww. she's very happy that we could all have a better life because <laughs> she she's very happy that she now has a husband that could actually be in bed with her. <laughs> Yeah, I I feel like I was ruining your marriage. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, this show ruins my marriage. (laughs) Yeah, of course you can have my MacBook. Maybe I can have my husband back. (laughs) She is real. I assure you, she's real. (laughs) Let's go off the heels of last week's episode. Why won't you believe me? The hologram, the hologram that you sent to meet Bridget. (laughs) <laughs> it's good money right like, the paid actor money well spent paid actor. <laughs> i say it's worth it <laughs> cut to next scene <laughs> all right so speaking of next scenes let's go through this episode i want to get general impressions really because i could see this episode being uh, not being everybody's favorite cup of tea i don't know what to say the first time we watched it was in a room full of people i cried my face off I don't I don't even know if I remember the episode because I was crying so fucking hard and then a veil of tears seriously seriously (laughs) like I could not stop crying I could not stop crying why was that I'm just curious just feeling all the fucking emotions knowing I was gonna be leaving everybody and then the ending is coming near and just just fucking everything fuck you you're trying to make me cry again I know you and you're just (laughs) fuck you (laughs) so hard it's because I love you so much and say say what you feel Rachel say it just (laughs) tell me just all the emotions just feeling everything being at the camp, having to leave everybody the next day, you know it's coming, and then the show yeah. is ending, and you know it's coming, and yes, mm. just this I figure I'd help you out a little bit. Just like this feeling of impending doom. I know nothing's gonna happen when the show ends, but I feel like I'm losing everything. <laughs> that really affected some of my last, my previous episode watches. <laughs> right. Oh, we can't even hug you right now. I really wish that I could. Maybe this is a good question to ask in context because I had my moment. Two episodes, the couple episodes prior where like it was affecting my watch. I was like, oh, be better. Be better, Walking Dead. Well, it's the end. Shouldn't you be better than this? In the context of your impression for this episode, did that factor in? In in a good or bad way? Like I said, I I don't even remember the episode. Because of it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it affected me in a negative way by any means. If anything, it's really forcing me to like pay attention and cling on to these little pieces that we're getting as as stories are wrapping up and things are being circled back to. There's lines in this episode in particular that really reminded me of other things. Seeing Luke again and, and all that kind of stuff is, is really wrapping some stuff up for me. And so I'm kind of trying to just cling on to those with such fury just really trying to cling on to every last little bit that we get with these episodes because i i'm sad you know i'm sad for a lot of different reasons and i think a lot of it has to do with fear we i'm gonna cry now you guys suck like fear as a concept rather than fear the walking dead not fear the walking dead but (laughs) fear as a concept as a like as a as a thing as an as an emotion because we don't know where we're going after this the podcast like we're gonna work really hard dragon obviously 
<laughs> we're going to really work hard to stay together and to, you know, to cover the spinoffs and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's like once the proper show is gone, it's like, where does it go? Are the spinoffs successful? Do we get to do this for many more years or does this fizzle off for do I get to go back to Georgia? Are there still conventions that are drawing people in or does this become where I'm is suddenly in my 40s and I'm paying to see these people at like state fairs because that's the level of it. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, it's just like, he's just, he's just like fast. You, I don't know. Yeah. You just don't know where it's going to go. And so I think what a lot of it is, I've always had so many struggles with like finding consistency in my life. And especially when it came to family. And now that I found you guys, it's like hard to think that it could disappear. It's just, Stop. You're getting me because I thought of this also but on the way home. None of us are going to disappear from each other. This is not going <laughs> to stop. I'm not going to stop zooming with Rachel every night just because the show's over. I'm going to give you a threat. Okay, this better not end. <laughs> Watch as much as we go. You, this better not end because you're going to be seeing a whole lot more of me than you'd like if this all ends. Because you'd be like, hey, I actually have a life now. And so it's like, hey, guys, when are we zooming, everybody? <laughs> guys, where are you going? Dave's just like showing so, up my house all have, the time. We have to find, quick, find us a new to show do. to cover. Hey, guys. Hey. Give David something to edit. I'm flying to Michigan, Rachel, just for you, for okay. nothing. What are we okay. doing? Who cares? No, you uh, don't worry. I'll You'll be like, please you don't come. Town. Yeah, time, and then be like, to, don't ever come back again. Time to start that supernatural rewatch retrospective. Oh, no. <laughs> sorry, again, sorry, not a supernatural fan. I might try it again. I just chose it for the length. <laughs> yeah, fifteen seasons of content, oh. baby. Cover fifteen seasons, Dave. You're never three gonna months. be out of work. <laughs> Please don't make me cover something I don't like currently. I'm not doing this to be like a gut punch to anyone. I just, from my perspective, I think that's what a lot of it is. Is like there's fear of the unknown, and I'm happy that the, I am in a way. I am happy the show is ending because it can't go on forever. That's bad writing. <laughs> Speaking I mean, of 15 Simpsons, seasons, um, mm, you know, same. it's like. But Simpsons it, is topical. You know, like it it, it yeah. dives into topical stuff from well, the time, and, it, so. and not every season was a winner. So <laughs> there were a lot of losers in there. <laughs> um, yeah, so, then it becomes a show you watch just to watch. And, yeah, ooh, and I, you know, I've really enjoyed my time, and and I'm glad that this story is getting some ending. I mean, obviously, I'm thankful for that because one, I'm tired of people being like, "This show is still on." Makes me want to like punch someone in the dick. No, um, no, it's not. You fuck face. <laughs> Finally, also, you, you you got it right. <laughs> it's gonna give us the option to go into other stories, and I'm ex I'm looking forward to that, and I'm hoping that we see success in this greater universe because I think it has a lot of potential. And I just you know, and I love you guys, so I don't. Yeah. You know. Well, I love you too. And and on top of all that, this main series is always going to be in some way referential to subsequent series too. We still we're have always going to be looking out for it. Yeah, we, we still have fear, I guess. And oh, yeah, on that fear. note, I, I don't know that we brought this up, <laughs> Fear the Walking Dead, but there have been rumors floating around that season eight will be its last season. They're just rumors so far. But even though some people yeah, have said, yeah. oh, it's substantiated. Oh, but I think it's going to be one of those things where if it performs very well, it could well continue. Mm -hmm. Although there it's are some okay. people who've been, yeah, some people have been uh, proposing theories that season eight is going to be the last one because there's they're going to find a way to reroute it to one of the other series or something like that or even the end of this series 
who knows? I'm okay with that as long as it's June moving on to another show. Totally down with that. Oh, what if June gets a spinoff, huh? Totally down with that. June Dory is in South America. <laughs> like Daryl's in France. <laughs> Why not? Rick is in God knows where. Let's send someone to Australia. That, wow, that's a, that's a long distance. <laughs> Maybe the dingo ate your baby. <laughs> Dead dingo. I would love if they would do Typhoon as a spinoff. And wouldn't it be great if they somehow so incorporated... Good one of our characters in the process somehow even if it's just tangentially or cameo yeah. or something like that i would really love it though Give it's it a such nice a cool concept in. to be in a different country that has such strict gun control how do you kill zombies if you don't just have readily available guns now bear in mind i i have not read the book i really should probably but it's but a great that, it's that a great read. but it's it's all about only their military as guns so there's just like much less resource wise and so then they end up using like a lot of swords and spears just just mm. a, a, i don't know it's just cool and then you add in variants into that i mean that could be like a really cool thing to take a look at but we'll see where it goes oh wow yeah i didn't think of that which also popped up in this episode yes so i want to touch on that now since we're here we have this whole subplot of the of oceanside meeting up with jules and luke who were outside the camp at the time but rachel was also with them rachel herself kind of goes down with the ship being the leader of oceanside she goes with the rest of them to give luke and jules cover or time to escape and find somebody to tell them what's happened but in the process they're they, the commonwealth soldiers are after them they're just because they're obviously stragglers and it seems like they're gutting up so that they can either and this is something i want to ask you what do you think they are doing right now are they heading towards oceanside or are they just gutting up so they can get away and disappear amidst the herd I want to ask that first. Well, I mean, I definitely think they're leaving there because they specifically said we need to get away from Oceanside. Maybe they're heading back towards the Commonwealth or back towards Alexandria because they don't know Alexandria has been taken over. I guess maybe that would be their first thought for safety. Wouldn't Alexandria be the closest to them? Since, I mean, uh, they don't know that Alexandria has been taken over. They could lead the herd right to Alexandria. Yeah, I thought they were going uh, either to Alexandria or Hilltop. I don't know why, but I thought they were going to one or the other like familiar ground not that there's like much left i there the thought even popped into my head of you're trying to get away from the commonwealth who knows where all of your communities are well and they know that hilltop already fell because would you go back to the old kingdom i thought about that would you go somewhere that they don't know about or the kingdom that they just found Mm-hmm. that's true alternatively so, sure uh, there's a couple different options but yeah but it either was, way not not oceanside i feel like either way. i feel oh, like I with, with two episodes left they're going to try to reunite everyone as much as possible mm-hmm. so my feeling is that they're going to lead that herd to, to alexandria. alexandria you're I probably think so too. right because as they were talking they had mentioned that that's where kelly was going to and it's obviously okay because blah blah blah. they promised but of course what's in the air is knowing that the Commonwealth reneged their promise to Oceanside. Mm. Oh, some of these jackboots came in, ah, took over, ah, see? And then, <laughs> and then, so it has to be going on in the back of Aaron's mind that they could have done the same to Alexandria. But if they have a herd, one logistical thing that we have to keep bear in mind to watch in the last two episodes, unfortunately, is that Oceanside was already far away enough by car, which is why it took us so long to feel like we got to Oceanside. So, <laughs> Taking a herd all the way up a driving distance that was already very, very far away. We have to be able to feel that. They have played fast and loose with time and distance all of this season. People have just been teleporting and showing up here and showing up there. 
So I don't feel like that's going to be any kind of deterrent as to where they take the herd. The timelines and the traveling distances is just, they haven't mattered. It's just been like, okay, they're here. And all of a sudden, okay, they're here. I'm a quarry. But at the same time, they uh, <laughs> tried to sneak it in there. No, but like, this is something we, we've known and we've seen, at least with this, because it was always never really clear how far away Hilltop was from Alexandria or the Commonwealth from the Hilltop. And But we did know for certain that Oceanside, hella far. So this is something to watch out for in the next episode or the finale even. How long is it going to take for these guys on foot in a herd, which the guts will eventually not work also. So that's another thing to watch out for. And on top of that, what I wanted to get to was the variant that picked up Lydia's knife that she dropped, which we got to see in this episode. Mm-hmm. What I just, I didn't have any real thoughts going on in my mind as to what will eventually happen with that. But did you guys think of anything? Well, my fear was, is that Walker going to attack them in the herd or the Commonwealth soldiers? Is this going to end up being like the enemy of my enemy? Or is this going to be like, this is going to totally screw with us? But also, I felt like Lydia was playing a little too fast and loose with this situation. She's almost like too comfortable with Walkers because she's been around them so much of her life, which makes sense. But I almost said okay, and that's it's Elijah. M. Elijah, <laughs> not okay. Um, <laughs> Elijah, you know, is like, why did you run at it? You didn't know. And Jerry steps in, like, oh, it's it's fine. You can you can both no, kill one said, next time. He said, okay, you can take the next one. And I said, M. A. Quarry. You know, and I get like he thought <laughs> it was like a, it. a childish rivalry, but Elijah has a fair concern in this. She is playing a little too fast and loose. Because this is clearly her idea. That's what we're allowed to believe. Because right. the camera the pans her face as she looks over. Yeah. And so it's clearly her idea, which like, good on you. It's a great idea if there isn't a variant in the herd, which there clearly is. And that's obviously something you need to be really concerned about. But it's kind of like, well, it's too new. So like, I'm not really worried about it. I'll, I'll know the <laughs> difference. I'll be able to tell. You would think over all these years and all the, honestly, thousands of walkers that Lydia's been around, she would have come across another variant. But they kind of show it here, like, what if the variant is only um, opportunistic, right? Like, what if there was never an opportunity in the ones that Lydia was Mm. around? Because this one, she drops the knife. It's not like this one stops and picks up a rock or grabs a stick or shows any indication until there is an opportunity in front of it. To pick to up hunt. the knife. Also, did it have eagle eyes? Dude, it was like was as soon as the knife was dropped, it, it was like. Did it trip like, or did it like trip it and see the knife? I think it fell. It fell. Yeah. On okay, top so of the it knife. fell and it happened. I knife. thought it was yeah. like intentional. I thought it like intentionally fell so it mm-hmm. could pick up the knife. And I was like, yeah. damn, dude. But I mean, we're talking, we're talking years and years and years and years and thousands and thousands of walkers that Lydia's been around. I got to imagine. She's dealt with variants before. So I would trust her judgment, I guess, is, is what I'm saying. I think oh, she oh, okay. would She would be able to pick them out. I'm not like pro unnecessary exhibition, but I guess I would like appreciate if they would have like mentioned that. Exposition, you mean? Well, exposition. This, is, this is definitely new. You know what I mean? Exhibition. They're, 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 thro- well, I mean, they're giving us throwbacks to season one walkers. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, yes, They're like, yes. oh yeah, we've seen this before. Remember, remember that? Sorry. And so this wasn't, I don't believe that this was a plan all along. 
to include yeah. these variants. No, it's, you're right. No, I'm sorry. No, definitely I'm just not. laughing about how stupid I am. Yes, you're right. <laughs> no, 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 you're right. No, I'm so I'm so dumb. <laughs> okay. It's funny. Now you're dwelling and it's not funny. Okay, stop it. <laughs> it's the mullet thing all over again, Dave. That's fine. He uh, just has a mullet now. It's fine. Just as a mullet, yeah. Um <laughs> what? You've got like competing interests too. You have Lydia who's probably trying to steer the walkers a la whispers, and then you have the two Commonwealth Jeeps flanking it. So of course they're bumping around everywhere. Lydia drops her knife because one of them hits one of the walkers hits her hand and just gliding into her, and they're trying to guide the herd while they try to guide the herd. And and then of course the walker falls, sees the knife, and it's accurate. It's like it's not one of those you have to suspend disbelief to see. Oh, walkers don't usually fall. Yeah, well, they, they usually they usually very they're very coordinated and they are usually oh and they my are god really is that what but i sound like it's, <laughs> yeah i know and i have to tell you stop and stop apologizing for being dumb but <laughs> it is after dark but it is kind of cool to see those competing motivations for the walkers and seeing how that plays out it's it's not for nothing i like that they pay, they were careful and thoughtful with that scene I feel like what a good return for Oceanside would be like them also, just like they saved Hilltop in season eight. I'd like mm-hmm. to see them rise up and do something with that and save, walkers, save the common Oh, no. <laughs> you think so? They're going to be the herd. You don't think it's like another work camp? They just said they took over the camp. They don't know what happened to anybody in the camp or anything because they left. They could have packed up all of the Oceansiders and taken them to another work camp already so like they could already be in alexandria or something and we just don't haven't seen them yet we right in time and distance lance, though right there we exactly. do know that it was lance with them so what would maybe lance they're at the farm to do? they're growing heroin i remember that guys remember the poppies yeah, yeah <laughs> the poppy fields. i just don't I was, care I mean, about that anymore <laughs> i mean Where i was also thinking like oceanside is a source of food yes i mean there's mm-hmm. fish, fish in the whatnot. ocean like why well, would they not utilize that space to bring in more food didn't pamela want that to become like a resort area for the commonwealth okay M.A. remember Clark, I she was like to see that. people would love to come to the beach remember it was like that whole thing on the beach where right, she was like visited it was like mm-hmm. and i was like this is weird and also when did you get your toes done and who the hell did right. that for you <laughs> like whose job is it to give pedicures in the apocalypse because what a sucker that is the worst would lance put them to work building the resort to make pamela happy because that's like what he was all about apparently maybe they're building a cruise ship we know lance was painting her toes scrap my rising Ew. up thing i kind of want to see that like i want to see what pamela's resort Ew. would look like now that you've mentioned it and then uh, and then what the show does is they launch this as a real resort that you can stay at and bam suddenly they're in the money I amc hey i would i would go it. there by the way do it. finders fee let's fund this podcast I somehow I would hey amc buy us a coffee tell us we'll tell you you're a great idea then they're meanwhile they're like cease and desist please (laughs) we'll call it squawking shores i just want the name there just that's all we want we don't want money just give us and it'll have our logo but then it'll be shores and whatever fancy font you want but here's the thing i'm taking this a little seriously now wouldn't it be ironic if it's like a men's resort, right? Because for all the uh, oh, no. the issues they had with men, oh, uh, the no. Oceansiders, Simon killing all of them, etc., that they don't let men in, and then they have to cater to men, all men. Oh. 
be like a Ooh, very interesting. Horrible. I would allow that. Ew. That would be so horrible. But then it would make the actual turning over, actually conquering it, like eh, a little like a little feminist spark in everybody, you know, a little spring in everybody's step. Actually, eventually do rise up and not kill everybody, but they're like, no, we're not doing this. Bye, men. See ya. Bye, men. Do your, do your own Light pedicures. Your own <laughs> right, do your own <laughs> manny petties. <laughs> One of the things I really liked about this episode, we actually touched on every storyline. Nobody was left out. This wasn't where we only had two separate stories going on or, or just one bottle-like episode. Every storyline was touched on in some way. Other than the kids, we saw almost every major character in this mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I did love that. In ways that we haven't in the last few, too. Oh, and we also killed a lot of people in the last few. Sebastian, Lance. We took away a couple of subplots, evil subplots, out of the way. Calhoun. Calhoun. Oh, yeah, Roman Calhoun, right. Mm. Oh, hey, well, I'm glad you said that, because Shira's still in the wind. We don't yeah. know that she was made into fresh meat for Sebastian, really. So, that's still a question. Where is Shira? We could leave that there. Because what allies does she have left now? Is the question. None. No one that we know right. of, but could be right. other players in the game. That's an interesting wild card, right? Keep that in the back of our mind, along with not unlike the heroin farm, which I don't care for, really. It's like we got the mother pus bucket out of it. It was good illustration of mother what Lance has in store. <laughs> when you see Negan get a glimmer of, I don't want to say Neganing, because at first it was more like, is he going to help our group? With the map, you know, the perimeter, the two on the perimeter and Wolf 4 on the inside, whatever. And then when he sees Annie having issues, you get that sense of like, oh, is he going to stop cohesion for the sake of Annie? And that I thought of Rachel immediately. I'm like, that's a Rachel thing to do. She's like, fuck that. I'm going to do the the thing. And like now I wonder what Rachel would do if faced with a scenario like that. You know, if it's my family versus everybody around here are counting on me. I'm wondering what she would choose. This is a very particular situation for you. So like, I'm, I'm wondering what, what you thought of that scenario and if it was challenging to think about. Oh. Because we talk I, about you putting family first, usually. I was confused, to be totally honest. She needs a break. What? You've been there a while now? I didn't understand what happened. Did I miss something? I mean, I was crying pretty hard, so I might have missed something. <laughs> the second time around, too? Well, I, Bridget, what, what was your estimation of what was going on when Negan sees Annie? I don't know. Like, they were kind of being a little rougher to her. One, she's pregnant. Yeah. Do, what is going on here? And they know that, right? They know yeah, that they I would are assume they know. She would have pregnant. said that. I okay. mean, I didn't mention this in the last episode, but it also really bothered me that they injected her with a drug. I said that too. Well, yeah. she was I, and pregnant. you guys are like talking about dog, and I'm like, um, that really bothered <laughs> oh, me. Oh, you weren't also. there. Were you not there for that episode? I don't remember now. Uh, I think not. Maybe not. No, I think Bridget. Um, yeah. Uh, I was I missed one of the episodes. Yeah, so that really <laughs> bothered me. And then it was weird because I was like, dude, just just give him the freaking map. Like it's really not that like literally you could do that while you're doing what you're doing right now. You yeah. just grab it and hand it behind you. It's not that big of a deal. But I know that it was like to further the story. And maybe it was just because we haven't seen enough development between Annie and Negan. I know he loves her and I know that he's worried about her. Like that's that I have seen that. It just didn't translate as well in that moment. To me? Yeah, I think maybe that's what I'm feeling, too, because I didn't understand. I thought maybe something happened that I missed, and that was why he felt the need to step up and be like, 
she need to give her, give her I, a break. I'll take I an extra like workload. Fi- if you I felt like it was fine, a, but it was just kind of like clunky writing. Are you talking about like why he didn't hand the map back? Yeah. When he was, I think it was because he was so, because they were like pretty roughly manhandling her and stuff. And I think it just took I his attention so hard. That. He's so worried. I did. He's so worried they, about her. Yeah, they were tough. When the baby, okay. and they were like throwing her on the ground and like really mm-hmm. roughly manhandling her. And I think he was just so scared that everything, sca- scared as in Negan, Negan being scared. But you know what I mean? He is. He's scared for her. He is scared mm-hmm. for his baby. Okay. I think my vision was blurred during that because I didn't see all the manhandling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they had, they were grabbing her because she was calling out to him too. And they were grabbing her and threw her well, on the ground. That was after, and- that was afterwards. That was after he spoke up. I'm saying what sparked him to even say anything in the first place. That's what I'm confused by. Once they punched him and then she went running over there, then they started getting really rough with her. But what's, why did he feel the need to say anything initially? Because he told Ezekiel he was going to light the spark, right? Like he was going to... But he needed to pass the map off first. (laughs) So pass the map off and then start shit. (laughs) But, But in order to make himself the martyr and start the people to... The revolt he saw his chance like oh let me do it here while annie's right here i'm gonna be worried for her maybe that'll start to spark damn see this dude this dude's living in like 3032 and i'm back here in like 1989 like <laughs> like not even thinking about that <laughs> but i think he was i think he was genuinely genuinely concerned because he did not hear zeke at all it would have been a half a second to just pass that map off and and go with the plan but he was focused on what was happening that's why i was so confused i'm like what was so what was going on that he was so focused on her in that moment well there's a his lack of paying attention to zeke is an informing choice meaning I'm not paying attention to anything else but what's happening here. And he sees her struggling. That's really what it was. She's not doing well. First of all, he's like, what should I do here? He completely mind erases the map. Uh, uh, Squirrel. ADHD. Squirrel. I see the thing. That's why I brought you up. I was like, I instantly thought of you because like, there's nothing in the, you've said this, I feel like I'm quoting you here. There's nothing in the world that's going to get between me and my babies. You know, like me and my, my kid. There's nothing else that matters. That's it. I've written a song about that. Maybe I'll play it one day. (laughs) But there's nothing else. Blinders. And your heart starts racing. You're wondering, what can I do in this moment? And what I thought of, so now Sharon, you brought up, he's going to be the martyr in this instance right now. I wasn't thinking that far ahead. I like that you said that. My, My thought was more like, if I create a big enough diversion to where they need two of them, I give her a little bit of a break. And this is the thing. This is what I'm thinking. He's like, in this moment, he's being so sacrificial, but obviously for not the right reasons, meaning like, Yes, the right reason is my wife, but also if I hold back and not do this thing, we can make sure that everybody, including Annie, can get out safely. You know, figure out the guards, take them out, blah, blah, blah. We are on our way, etc. He's not thinking of that right now because he doesn't want to risk anything for that baby. He would risk him getting punched out, maybe even killed. Probably not killed. I think he's thinking I'm not going to get killed in this moment. He's thinking, if I occupy these two guys, two of which did come by, and he thought he could kick up enough of a ruckus that they won't focus on her and she can take a, a breather from them, from her having a rough time, enough to be like, okay, that's your break. They're focused on me now. They'll take me away in chains. Mm-hmm. And then you could take a, take five and then, I mean, obviously continue working, but give her a, a tiny bit of break so she could sit down. I think that's how that's what I got from that, that he's being dumbly sacrificial right now just so she can take a break. Do you think that Negan is subconsciously worried about like a karmic retribution? Because karma, 
is a bitch, Negan. Because this is what should ha- happen, right? Yeah. When you're as you're watching the entire thing again, he's had it repeatedly thrown in his face that he shouldn't be a father and he shouldn't be allowed he's, to have. He's this said life, so. this is where I deserve to be. Right. You know, like he yeah. said so stuff like that you, too. Do you think he is really afraid that something is going to happen to Annie because because of yes. what he's I'm done sure. In the past. Yeah, I'm sure. Because of and what also, I think yeah. Oh, to the, I think okay, I see definitely because of that. But also, I guess you know, while you guys were talking through all of that, I guess he could be also trying to make up for the past too, though, with his wife. He was not a good husband. But Sharon, he's thinking more along the lines of mystical. I say mystical, well, but I mean like no, like that I, karma I, is a real thing in the world, and this is what should happen. Yeah, I know, I know what you're saying, and I not I could, but should. To probably some degree, there is that, but I also feel like there is there's like another karmic aspect to it right it's like the thought that like do you and i don't necessarily believe this but like do you manifest that stuff in the world almost like self-sabotage right like you feel like you deserve it so are you gonna cause it to like happen? a self-fulfilling prophecy right yeah, yeah. Like, if and i make this happen it will happen yeah because he he was a really bad husband and he owns up to that just like he owns up to the fact that he deserves to be there and his wife and baby don't and he got very touchy when Ezekiel said all that stuff about Benjamin and how you took my family, you don't deserve to have a family. And he said, well, I'm going to be a father. He was very defensive in that moment. He was very touchy. So there's definitely something there where he's got doubts and concerns about what's going to happen. Right. And just dropping a note on that very moment where he's like, you do you, I'll do me and I will be a father. So they play the season eight, seven Negan theme in the backgrounds, which Gives you the feels that, oh, he's going to Negan. He's Negan's going to be, which is something we brought up in the last episode. Is mm-hmm. Negan done Neganing? And it was like, oh no, the theme music is playing with the yeah. guitar, the, the loose guitar string. Whatever. You know what That was the moment that I was like, I was like, he's going to screw over Ezekiel. And I was so angry about it. It's not I'm glad that you were angry because when it turns out that, but this is a good spot to kind of bring up something. What Negan's intentions were near the end. They're not that clear. And I kind of want to talk about that for a minute. And then we can just do the little jazz thing that we do bouncing around everywhere. Because it's not 100% clear that Negan set himself up so that Ezekiel can take the shining spotlight. In fact, I don't think it was. Mm-mm. One wouldn't be faulted for thinking that, oh, he just did this so Zeke could step up and say, no, hey, everybody stop it. And then, no, he did. No, that's not mm-hmm. how he was. Mm-hmm. I think he was felt like he was going to be the martyr. He said, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'll be your example for everybody else. Just, oh, yeah. J- but just like he said to Simon, but just one. <laughs> Where's my thug life glasses coming? <laughs> <from the ceiling? laughs> oh, that was. Yeah, that was very. I thought that was very clear that that's exactly what his intention was. Yeah. He was yeah. killing himself. To be the martyr and the warden noticed, shit, this is a martyr mm-hmm. situation. I'm not going to let this happen. Right. Because so when Ezekiel comes by up. killing his wife too. Yeah. When Ezekiel comes up in between, Negan's like, what are you doing? This is not how I imagine. And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> which I love. I love that he's like, I don't know. Because I was like, yeah, right, dude. Like, you don't know what you're doing right now. I, wasn't that a great choice to say, I don't know? Yeah, like, I love that. Because that's like Ezekiel in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Just doing mm. what he feels is right. He doesn't know why, but he's but well. This and is standing right. up, this is what I have standing to do. up, this is the right thing to do. And also, did anyone ever think that like an Ezekiel would be standing up for Negan? 
no. on top what? of everything, right? No, like, no, well, never. Was it Negan or was it more Annie? It's technically it Annie, but you have to think. Let, yeah, he probably would have let Negan die. But you have to think, like, if he didn't, <laughs> he like, did, if he, he really. He did look pretty horrified. He did look he did. pretty horrified. I, he did. I, even just he did. Negan. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Are we going sure. to stand there and let somebody get killed in cold blood? Yeah. Am I ready? I'm ready to be that guy, right? Because it's a great foil for what the warden is preparing to do. Oh, I don't care that I'm making a pregnant work, woman work hard labor, and I don't care if I make a pregnant woman a martyr. And he's thinking, kind of like what his conversation with Negan was before, he's like thinking, I have to do all this horrible, I have to be this horrible shit, kind of like Negan has said, classically, in order for everybody to fall in line. He doesn't even flinch when it comes to what Negan would abstain from, which is killing kids, and especially killing preborn kids. Negan would have never have done that. And he's thinking this warden is so much like me that just one is going to be enough. But nah, he's all thug life. And he's like, Worse. nah, fuck that. I love the staging of this whole scene because it is very reminiscent. It makes you think back to the day will the come. Line up? The day will come and you won't be because mm. they're got Negan on his knees. The lights with all the cars around them. You even have a bus in the back. Kind of looks like the RV behind them. And they've done this several times this season. They did it with Maggie. When Maggie was walking down the railroad tracks. Make you think of Terminus. The road to Terminus. Right. They did it with Carol. When she's got her, like, the brown jacket on with the the episode with Lance. And it makes made me think of Terminus when she blew up Terminus going through the woods. Each episode, they've had a little, not anything glaring, but just a, a make you feel... A certain way about about things like I when I was watching this scene, I was like, man, this is the negative reverse of the lineup. And to that point. So not only is it great, it's just one. And then it ends up like what, if anything, would have been this perfect retribution. And I think even Negan is standing there going, I brought this on to myself yeah. before Zeke even, gets up. Even down to the dead redheaded guy, because they killed Abraham and they killed the warden who was redhead so oh, even yeah, there you go. Well, <laughs> yeah i was gonna play with that actually but then no i wasn't gonna say that exactly but thank you for saying that i was gonna say isn't it ironic well isn't it karmic that it was gonna be just abraham it was just gonna be negan but now it's negan and annie it's abraham and glenn that to that point where he's like, oh, shit, no, 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 they can't be this bad. But then it makes you think what Ezekiel said earlier on in the episode. He says, do you know what you took away from us? I think almost up to that point, Negan has never thought about, maybe he thought about killing Glenn, how badly Maggie wants to kill him for that. And maybe he feels bad for that. But this made him think of, oh, Abraham had a life too. People loved Abraham. It probably made him think of that moment. Like, oh, I took away not only this a father from a potential child at the time, but I took away another human life too. I took away Abraham. Mm -hmm. So this is what that, that's the cost. And isn't it funny? Like how we sometimes in our waking life, we put different values on different people like, Oh, eh, this person sucks. This person's crazy. This person's mentally whatever. And they're worth less or more depending on how we regard them. But in that moment, human life is a human life and all in all its potentiality. That was very, it's just, like you said, it's karmic. And in that moment, I'm sure he'd, he'd be raging. But at the same time, he's like, yeah, well, I guess this is the, the fruit of the spirit. This is the fruit of my harvest. Chicken's coming home to roost. It should end this way, unfortunately. And yet it yeah, didn't. Yeah, you reap what you sow. But all because of what? Look, ostensibly it happened because Ezekiel became the king. But the king, that was just some guy, you know, saying some guy things. But like 
as a king. He, he like melded his the two parts of him that he built up over the course of 12 years, let's say. But then it makes you think of what Judah says in the beginning. Mercy over wrath. Mm. The nostalgia scenes aren't for the just for the sake of bringing you back, which I honestly think without them, most of the audience wouldn't key into some of the key parts of each of these episodes that had them in the last trimester. And so when you see that scene, you're supposed to think Rick showed us that mercy should prevail over wrath. And here's the result. It did Somebody not. stepped in. It did not in this episode, by the way. And I thought that was really interesting. That Wait, was like the you beginning said mercy line. did not prevail. It did not prevail. In Take this a look at the first. So that's like the one of the first lines of the episode and the end of the episode. Rosita takes that walker and shoves it in the warden's face because she doesn't get an answer out of him. I like that. I like you said that. It didn't prevail. People are looking in horror, too. The warden wasn't going to show mercy. Mm-hmm. Well, mercy didn't prevail with him either because he was going to kill everybody. The only thing that stopped him from killing everybody was Daryl killed him. Daryl stabbed yeah. him in the back. Right. So right. he wasn't. Right. The, mercy did not prevail at all. You're absolutely no. right, Bridget. I just thought it was interesting because this I got it on the second watch that I heard it, you know, and like really resonated with me because I was like, there is not much mercy in this episode this is a lot of wrath this is a lot of anger and wrath that ends up coming out and i think it was more the mercy that ezekiel gave to negan that's exactly what i was thinking yeah Yeah. because he could have let it happen and it would have been quote unquote right that this should happen he spells it out he says did you know what you took you took a young man just before he his fruit has ripened to to be something more you took potential which Shout out to Benjamin, because they don't, they really gloss over him a lot. That was a really pivotal part of Ezekiel's life. That was like such a sad moment. And we really focus on Henry a lot. And so it was nice. It was like refreshing to hear him mention. Did Negan order them to kill Benjamin? Wasn't that Jared? So, I mean, I mean, really, really, you cannot pin it entirely because Negan didn't go, oh, kill this kid. But what is Jared's real name? Negan. Negan. I am Negan. And that was the They're point of that. they acting on Every- Negan's behalf. Exactly. This is not from me. This is from Negan. I get to pass the buck up to this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you can't run away from that. And he built that. He made it so that could happen. And then and you're right, Sharon. You're 100% right. Which is the fun part of breaking down season eight. Even though Negan never ordered Simon to kill all the heapsters, he still felt responsible. Like he knew it was his responsibility. He caused that to happen. Even though he didn't order it, he he felt that responsibility, and he owns that decision by way of his attack on Hilltop. Yeah, I feel like that was more uh, Simon disobeying orders because Negan was like only one, and Simon killed them all anyway. Yeah, and didn't didn't Negan kill right. Simon so for that? Simon, yes. So so, yeah. so he did. He he made retribution for what for what happened. This guy disobeyed orders. How was that? Oh my God, you're making me a Negan apologist. Stop it. How is that Negan's fault? <laughs> How should is be. That That's Negan's the kind of point. That, that, that this guy disobeyed orders. And he he's like, look, he disobeyed orders. I executed him. So th- there's two things at play, which is why I loved covering season eight. One is that it's not the first time Simon disobeyed orders because we know that because all of the Oceanside men were killed. And that was Simon's doing. We got clarity on that in season nine when it came to warning signs. Mm-hmm. But then there were other incidences, too. There, I mean, did he want them to kill Benjamin? No. So when it finally came to be that, like, Simon reveals his intentions. Oh, I could be the man. 
you get hints of that in the beginning of the season too. Like when Negan is away with Gabriel in the trailer, he's like trying to take over and he fucking ruins everything. He just like Negan's not there. Simon gets to play. Pew, pew, pew. Mm-hmm. He gets to shoot people. So <laughs> it came, it finally came to a fever pitch how his philosophy wasn't working. But the whole other side of that coin is, well, now that we've uncorked that genie, I have to own it. I have to own those decisions. And so he just said, you know what? Rather than back down, I'm a double down. And these people are, are pains in my fucking asses. And I've got other settlements to take care of. So fuck the fuck Hilltop. They're done. They're done. They've uncorked a genie and I just have to keep going. Because you know what? That sucks. <laughs> I'm having a bad day. <laughs> and then Rick is coming at me with a with an assault rifle and he can't hit me for shit. So <laughs> oh conversation which we've had. Okay? You can listen to that conversation. It's hilarious. And we actually talk about the mechanics of uh, a moving target and how most people can't hit a moving target for shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's that's a real thing. So cut Rick some slack, even though he's a police officer with training. Anyway. <laughs> No, but statistically, police officers with training still don't have great. Anyway, you've heard the whole thing, so uh, probably. Maybe not. They've been in a zombie apocalypse for all these years. They're doing nothing but hitting moving targets. Granted, they're slowly moving targets, but they're still moving. <laughs> they're not running with merchandise like a bank robbery. I'm imagining a guy with a burglar. <laughs> with little eyes cut out. You're ham- sure he's the ham burglar. <laughs> what I'm thinking of. Or like those old Dick Tracy cartoons, aging myself. Like, like they, you know, little little tiptoey thing that they do that mm-hmm. the, when the robbers get away, when they try to get away, and then they have to <laughs> full sprint with the wind. And I'm still going. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm, gonna I just, I'm just gonna change. Just, just keep gonna go. This real quick. Just move. Can, just, I, can there's I just a screen wipe? Can I just say that we've gotten like some of the best lines in the last couple episodes, arguably of the whole show. I'm not gonna get to the one that ends the episode because that one is nope. bomb. We're gonna save that. That one is so and good. Ad libbed. Jesus that Christ. One, I know. God. More what a miracle of a man. The world is broken, but we don't have to be. <sighs> just beautiful and there's another one that's brought up during the court case that I'll, I'll bring up in a little bit when we switch gears over there but just some of this writing has been spectacular this was one of those lines that i was like oh my god well, people even talk Tyler about davis yet i smile right but like the world is broken but we don't have to be like that is just it's beautiful it's beautiful poor judith Poor Judith. She said it first in the intro. She just sort of said it. And with more words, too. I, I know, guess it takes just, a moment. It's just, I don't know. It was she just, just doesn't get enough credit, Judith, you know? It's just kidding. a really good line. It was, the delivery was perfect and it yeah. was emotional and heartfelt and it was, it was just great. I like that it was preceded by, I don't know what I'm doing. I know. I love that. <laughs> Again, like the some guy with the king. Two halves of a hole that forms a little mishmash of a ball, okay, named Ezekiel Sutton, which I like that I know that now. But it, like even Tyler Davis has his, I, I, I kind of like that we had him there, the fruits of his failed revolution. And he was reduced to, which is also informative. It's like, this is how much they've beaten me down, is that I've lost people in an attempt to try to do what you're doing right now. And because we got, like, this is a character that was a nothing character in 10C. They brought him back to be a revolutionary in 11B, and now he here he is again with a full head of hair denoting the span of time, the year that we've he's gone away from Founders Day, and like he is done. 
And I always thought that in Tensi, in the Tensi episode, there was a bit of a, I mean, he cited this like almost founding document spiel about what the Commonwealth was in the train car with Princess in the 11C episode. I mean, you're talking about a true believer. And then a little bit later, he's like, fuck, this is not at all what I thought. And of course, the thing that it was that happened was that he, Trooper Davis, he knows, noticed that these people were being carted away for selfish purposes on behalf of Sebastian, facilitated by Lance. And he's like, this is, this can't go on. And he's fought against that and he lost. And then he was sent to another work camp because Pam was like, hey, let's just keep using this playbook. And so, yeah, can you blame him? I'm just bringing this guy back because look at this guy. This guy got paid, you know, <laughs> and he did such a great job throughout all these different iterations of himself. True believer, revolutionary and broken man. And you see the strata of what is his downward spiral to seeing a man get broken. So it pairs really well with allowing you to appreciate this episode because you could watch this episode and forget about those scenes and be like i don't i'm not feeling it but with tyler davis there it was just like for me with him there seeing his journey in those three episodes we got to see him was kind of like oh you feel the gravity i mean you see annie negan's getting his face punched so he, she she can t this is my interpretation so she just she could take a break take a break i'll get my face punched up and beat up by two guys just so you can have a have a sit down for a little moment because they're a little busy. I like that we got mileage out of this cat. Okay, let's move on to Herschel being found in this building and none of the other children, it seems like. Okay, so I had to think through this while I was watching that episode because I was like, those are sewers that they walk through and like all sewers like kind of really look the same, right? So how would they know exactly where we're to <laughs> wait, go? Wait, do you know for, like, for a certain? No, but it's just like, how would you know like where to go? So then I thought they must have mapped that out after everything with Carl when when it, all the all the people hid and then maybe even painted directions on walls or everybody just memorized it just in case you would ever need to use it again, which just goes to show how much these people like absorb and take from others. They've taken on the whisperer stuff and use that when it's come in handy and, you know, and the guts thing from a similar perspective. And, and so this was just another one of those things that like they took from that lesson that they learned about like always having to have a way out or in this case, a way in a way in, in. <laughs> well aaron aaron knew the layout pretty well because he tried to get maggie out when glenn was missing so mm -hmm. that oh everyone. yeah that's mm -hmm. true that's true and let's not forget that the show is trying to get us to feel things too so like being down there again the last time they were down there was oh. when carl was showing that was bit so they're, they're they're trying to they're like me with rachel trying to make us cry <laughs> Fucker. Fucking bastards. Yeah, exactly. Fuckers. Takes one to know one. <laughs> jerk. Motherfuckers. Hey, you jerk. I mean, you jerk. <laughs> Points to self. Audio podcast. <laughs> we have to narrate. I, I kind of did feel that moment. Like, oh, I recall that moment with Carl. But like when they were down there in season eight, it was right. It was clear there were lines of sight to other tunnels. This felt like perversion. Like this felt like wrong. Like there was too much stuff down there. It made there was too me much think shit. more <laughs> of when Aaron and Maggie were down there because there were walkers in the sludge and everything. And that was what I, I didn't think of Carl at all. That wasn't where my mind went at all. My mind went exactly to Maggie and Aaron trying to get out. I see. Well, and so there you go. And with the walkers that were down there, you, you would wouldn't be faulted for thinking that too. Did you get that feeling of tension once Carol and Maggie went topside? I thought they did a really good 
job of not making it seem like they can magically slip between the raindrops and not be detected. I love that the guy caught them. It was so realistic because she like ducked back really quick like shit. And normally in a show it would have been like, oh, she did it fast enough. You didn't see her when you obviously would have seen her. So I'm like so glad that the guy was like, like just like walked so fast down the hallway (laughs) to like come get her. And we all played hide and seek. And we've all had that moment where like you're like, oh, it's not a good hiding place. Let's hide somewhere else. And then they, they that's when they get you. It was a good moment. <laughs> just, did you just me? walk away? Really? Did you just yeah, walk I was like, you, you know what? Nobody's gonna take me seriously right now. <laughs> so, bye. It's not. Thanks. Okay. Anyway, but the point of me saying that was that like it really gave you a sense of tension. Like it might not work out. And I say this again because I want to make this very clear. Oh, I didn't say this. Now might be a good time to mention what I've been thinking lately. So driving home from the camp for 14 to 16 hours, who knows how long it was, gives you time to think of things. And one of the things that I thought of that's probably going to also make Rachel want to hate me again. One of the things that I noticed after thinking about Lance's spiel to Carol on the way out of the Commonwealth was that he expresses to her, and this is something that's in the comic books when it comes to Rick, he says, you're not going to just let the Commonwealth burn, right? And what I've been thinking throughout this entire season 11 was how, oh yeah, they're going to find a nonviolent way to integrate or to maintain the institution that's the Commonwealth without breaking it entirely down, like fix things so that they can exist. The Commonwealth is too good to demolish And we may still see that, but like in the last few episodes, they kill Sebastian, they kill Lance. And you're like thinking to yourself, oh my God, well, well then is Lance's last things he said to Carol about, you're not just going to let them all burn, right? Is that the thing that's going to get Carol killed? Because we never really think, because we always had the Carol and Daryl spinoff in the background. And we all know that shows have reshoots. We all know that The Walking Dead is classically, for these very, very big scenes, have shot multiple shots in order to ward off spoilers. Classic example, killing Maggie in the lineup was just a thing to throw off all the people who thought they were, you know, thought they had the spoiler in the bag, showing everybody the scene where Maggie gets batted. So could it be a possibility that with Carol not being in the spinoff, that who we all said was going to be either Zeke or Aaron, mostly getting the bullet at the end and Sebastian's not even around to, to fire it. Could Carol be one of those people? Uh, And it would be fitting, too. And I'll explain why. I'll tell you why it won't. Because they would lose a a big chunk of their fan base. There are a big, substantial number of fans who would watch the spinoffs and everything just to see if Carol shows up. And if you kill Carol off and take away that chance, you just lost a big chunk of the fan base. I'm just saying. Carol is not like some of the other characters. I don't feel like you could lose her and still keep the fan base. I kind of want to hear what everybody else has to say about this, because I do have a counter to this. Rachel's just mad. She's like, why would you think that? Why would you think that, you piece of shit? (laughs) Why would you go there? Because I've said this to you before to prep you for this. No, you have. We've we've talked about it. I I, no, I have my reasons for thinking why Carol won't die. Will she take a bullet? Maybe. But they're not going to. I'd be mad if she took a bullet and not be dead, to be honest with you. I mean, why not? John Dory. John Dory can do it. Yeah, well, Once. that's a bad example, Rachel. <laughs> <Once>. <laughs> that's a very bad, very bad example. Hey, he took it. He took a bullet so Carol and survived. Took, Carol took a bullet before and survived. <laughs> and now this is her second time. So bullets don't strike twice. Although Rick. Okay. Right? That's not a good example. How many times okay. can Rick get shot and survive? They're not going to kill Carol off. I mean, the show's already ending. So it's not like it. it's not going to make a big 
impact on viewership for the show, but I think it would ruin the ending of this show for so many people if they killed her off. The argument could be made, but I'm not for it. I think it would have an adverse effect on the viewers if they killed Carol off. In that vein, a lot of the problem with the finale for a lot of people was that they killed Daenerys, who had become everybody's favorite. So, I mean, I agree with Rachel in that in that vein, definitely. So I'm going to say this, and I have another thing to say that, but the audiences that have been watching now would be betrayed, but the audiences to come might not feel that way, especially if you're going to be binge watching the entire series. This leads me to the second point, the, the yeah, real point, which is more. we've been there since day one. We matter more. No. Yes. Yeah, I'm gatekeeping. You, you shut your you shut no, you your don't. mouth. You yeah, don't. I'm gatekeeping. I'm gatekeeping that. I'll tell you more. I haven't been there since day one. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because the thing that you love, would you would you rather? Okay, and this is this is a serious question. And it kind of I've asked this question in in another iteration is like, would you rather your ex boyfriends die so that you wouldn't have to think of them ever again for real, or would you, you know, you're that human part of you that says, well, I this is my this is a me problem. This is not a them problem. So in that in that vein of that question, right? But here's the thing: Would you rather people? I think Bridget and I are going to have the same answer. <laughs> well, I, I know, I know. But when well, believe me, you know, you know what? You know my history and this person, and I don't feel that way. Because I made it a me problem, and then I became stronger for it. You are a much, much better person, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I, genuinely, the, no, 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 is, I genuinely wish that that me. piece of shit find happiness somewhere down the line. I don't want him to be miserable. For yourself, right? Like, you're yeah, like, you know what? I moved on, and I got a happy ending. And... <laughs> I'm so childish. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> Chucky. No, no, no. no <laughs> I, you know, I got, so. I got my happily ever after. Was he a piece of shit? Yes. Did he hit me? Yes. Was it horrible? And did I hate eight years of my life and myself for getting myself in that situation? Yes. But when I look back on that now, I think, you know what? You're so much further along now than you were even just four years ago. And how miraculous is that? And how incredible is it that you were blessed with the people in your life that you have now, like you guys and my husband, who is like so kind. And so like, all I think was, you know what? I feel really bad for you. I feel bad that your life was so shitty that you had to take it out on someone who just thought absolutely nothing of herself. And that you missed out on this. It's true, though. Well, it's like I, I am. I mean, you are I, great. I am great. You're okay. Great. And I'm funny. I tell everybody I'm funny all the time. Cause you know, if you're going to be fat, it's not fair if you're not funny too. So it's like, I, I, I can't say anything. <laughs> the self deprecation runs deep on this one. Well, you know, I can't yeah, give you more. Oh, yeah. uh, they got to laugh with you or at you. It doesn't matter. Either way. Two friends. Gotta get the laugh. Laugh first. My hope is that he finds happiness and he isn't a shit bag with it. Because that would be just another person. Well, and then you that, didn't right? grow and right. then you didn't Two. learn anything. And then what was the whole point of this? And why did I waste eight years of my life? Right. If not to be at this precipice. Right. Right. So, but so what I just did though was I compared. You made me cry. You the walking dead. That's what you did. Sorry. But, well, I gotta get her. I gotta, I can't spend it all on Rachel, you know, the moral capital, here. but I just compared the walking dead to an abusive ex. Uh, and, but it holds, right. We go, through this really battering experience of watching this, watching our favorite people 
be harmed. And why do we do Why? Why do we do this? But we do it because it's beautiful. We do it because the story is incredible. And I bring you this for my point, And that's, would you rather the people who have watched the show from the beginning get to have this memory and it be completely demolished? Like nobody gets to see it after that. Or would you rather have this show live on in infamy and be re- revered for generations to come? And I say that because for Carol to receive that end, there's a beauty in that, in that she, and I said this to you at the time, but I want to say this to everybody else. And that's, she was spared what in the comics she would have received way in the beginning and to have her survive all of that. And in the show survive children whom she regarded as children, whether it was actual to found die left and right and to have so much pain, but to do that in the name of other people's children so that they can have a life and move on to be that almost, um, what is it in the mythology? They're, uh, they're called, not harpies. The ladies from the underworld, they're called, um, Val- not Valkyries. This is North. That's North Norse mythology. Oh, I forget what they're called. For her to be that kind of like avenging angel on behalf of like the children of the future. Lance says it. Wouldn't you have kids go to college and for her to stand up for that and then be shot for that, obviously, but be that martyr that we thought Eugene was about to be in this episode. It would be the most beautiful ending for her. I get what you're saying, Dave. I honestly do. I honestly do. And I think that there is beauty in that. But personally, and this isn't just because I love Carol or anything like that. It's it's more from my own personal background and the reasons the reasons that I love Carol and Daryl are my connection to their characters. Not like because I love the actors or any of that, which I do, but because what they've gone through in their lives is similar to what I've been through. I want them to have a happy ending because that's what feels right. They've lived these like tortured existences it only seems fair that they get a little bit of happiness in the end. There's fair and then there's the walking dead. That's the thing. Well, yeah. The the whole point of the show is life isn't fair. Yeah. I mean, I I want to make it clear. I don't, I don't (laughs) want this to happen. I don't want this. I want, I want Carol to have adopted children whom she could teach the stabby things. And I want her to do all the right. And for them not to to die. Dave. I don't. That's the thing. But like what I want and what makes good television are completely different things, especially on this show. For all the things that we said about like major cast deaths and not having them, and this would be one of them. To have it be her, be like to make sure that no child should die like hers, hers did on this show. And to see another woman suffer the way she's watching Maggie suffer in this episode. I think she would want that to be that martyr for that brighter future for all children that's how i saw it and as and i'm gonna tell you this right now i don't want this to happen but as i was thinking this thought i was tearing up at the thought i was like that would be and because they're gonna frame it in a way that you understand that this is why this is happening because that's what she wants that nobody else should have to suffer the way she did or no child should have to die the way hers did well, we're always wrong, Dave, so it's not even going to happen that way. <laughs> you know what? And I just made it so it never happened. <laughs> Thank you, You're Dave. You're welcome. You're welcome, everybody. I, but I, I don't know. It's, it's one of those thoughts that, that creep up in you. And I, I can tell, Rachel, as you're saying, that's not going to happen because there was a part of you and I saw it in your face. That's like, but what if it did? Like, I don't want to think that it could happen, but maybe it could. We're all like painfully thinking about like, who is it? 
that's going to get it right because we all feel like someone's going to bite it. And who's it going to be? Right. Because they did this classic misdirection of killing Sebastian. But then there's, you know, you know, there's going to be an it like you like you just said, you know, there's going to be an it. So, so who is it? I'm just still. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't even I don't even want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. So, I don't want to think about I, it. And listen, I, I want to make it also very clear that, yes, this is not what I want, blah, blah, blah. But also that I've always been a slave to story. And this is where I'm going to, I'm always, there's there's always going to be this wall where I depart from many people. I think that's half the reason why we get canceled. The other half is you guys say something about eating children. (laughs) And then I just encountered another blocked account today. Okay. Oh, you want to eat the RJ Grimes because he's Michonne and Rick's kid. When did we say that? When did we say that? Anyway. No one ever said anything about eating RJ no, we said eat the stupid ones. <laughs> Why are you? St- <laughs> I'm Canceled not going to litigate. <laughs> Canceled again. Okay, I get why they can't. I get why they blocked us. Okay, anyway. Canceled again. <laughs> because we imply. Anyway, we're litigating. Okay. <laughs> eject. Where's my eject button? I'm getting out of this box. <laughs> Squawking Dead is over. <laughs> Just as a podcast. Might as well be with all the blocked accounts. This does bring us back to Maggie finding Herschel. And well, I was not, I was literally, I was not thinking that was going to happen. I thought that was going to be the genesis of Dead City. Yeah, me too. I just got to find it. So that threw me for a loop. Did that throw you for a loop also? Did you actually think she was going to find Herschel? Any of you? No. Not, not this episode. Not that easily. Not just like go into a house and then hear him going, mom. And then he's just sitting in a room with the guy who's like, shut up, you talk too much. I was like, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> oh, you don't talk to my son like that. <laughs> but, but was it disappointing that it was so easy? I wasn't disappointed that she found him. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> shut up, you talk too much. I, I, literally, when I heard that, I was like, what is happening right now? And rewind, then I was like, rewind, subtitles. I was like, okay. Is that what he said? I was like, okay, I get this. What they're trying to do is like, he's anxious because Herschel won't shut up. And so he's worried he's going to get in trouble. And so like, maybe he was on the verge of like, about to kill Herschel, but they don't show any of that. So all you get is, you talk too much. <laughs> like, and then like, you come in. <laughs> Like just I, you, pew, bring, pew, you bring up a dead. good point. It this does give some context to one nine seven, the trooper one nine seven, and like what he was going through too. Like, oh, you fuck up in any way, that warden's gonna give you more time. Well, you don't dude, get this kid to shut up. You didn't ask me, and I'm the world's biggest bitch. So now you're staying like for six more months because I'm a huge bitch and you don't get to leave because you didn't ask me directly. What is wrong with this guy? Like what an ego on this guy is every middle management dude ever in existence. It's a little bit of power and you just go, woo. He's giving, he is giving small dick energy. Is what's happening. In a narrative sense, did you enjoy the way they established the kind of mirror of, of Negan? Like, not just the mirror of Negan, but like, like as, as much as you knew that this would be dealt with at some point soon, from the nuggets that he was giving off through the last few episodes, I did enjoy that they had established how bad it was. And not only was it bad for our people, but it was bad for the troopers, too. This is how bad it is. It was bad for Trooper Davis. That's how bad this is. Kelly having that sudden realization that like, oh, we can get away, Zeke. And Zeke's like, no, 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 no. And Kelly 
is seeing those three people gunned down. And not only that, the Walker versions of them coming into camp as they're leaving. You could see those scenes and be like, oh, that guy's going to get jerk, 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 whatever. But I still felt the pressure. I still like the hide and go seek uh, with Maggie and Carol. I still felt tension because you don't know who's going to get it next. Oh, it's the last few episodes. What are they going to do? The Commonwealth, are they going to kill them all? But they like, well, they're going to make it very hard. They could. And they are. And I like that I felt that. Be like, no, they'll win. They always, they're going to, wait, did they win against Negan? Did they really, though? It's like, like Vietnam. It's like, did anybody win from that? I mean, we didn't get to die, but people died along the way. I like that they're not making this easy. With the warden as a character, they weren't making it easy. And he was pretty threatening. And he was ready to kill a pregnant woman. And that ratcheted the tension. Yes, he is ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but aren't all gingers? Anyway, let's move on to the next you scene. Know. <laughs> call me, yeah, you can call me a batch. Batch. I fully believe that dude is CRM. <laughs> I fully believe the warden is CRM. He did give off Dennis vibes for sure. Ever since you said that, that's all I can think about now. Just their willingness to just off everybody immediately. You know what? Just kill them all. That is CRM shit right there. Or how hardcore, yeah. yeah. So then, if that's the case, let's take that to its natural conclusion. Does Rosita, was going back to your comment about, oh, there was wrath, fucker. That was <laughs> certainly wrath. Do you think that her feeding him to that walker is going to have more grave consequences, perhaps dead city level consequences for our gang? On its face, that was supposed to happen. But like, it means bigger consequences than we even I imagined. feel like with two episodes left, I feel like the Commonwealth meltdown is going to overtake everything and his death isn't going to be a huge thing. It might tie us into the CRM, but I don't think anything will come of it because I feel like the, the revolution and the meltdown is going to just overtake everything anyway. Okay. Okay. No, that's fair enough. But it could be better. <laughs> <laughs> Connie noticing intuitively, much the way Carol might, that Daryl is scared. That was a good scene to have. There's a little framing in that context that might inform us later at down the line of where his mindset's heading. Mm. But I liked it for two reasons. <laughs> Daryl is scared. He's showing that. He's, it's not something that he often shows. And it's not something that other people can detect. I didn't detect it, but apparently Connie did. So that that's, informs that the viewer is not going to always tell how, what Daryl is feeling. So they need an interpreter, right? There's a little play with that. But what I also liked was on its face... Um, yeah, is there something going on here? And I kind of want to read the room on that with what we've got in the last few I episodes. I think they're cute together. Like, I'm not a shipper. I'm not like, oh, Donnie. So, but like, they are cute and they do have chemistry together. So I wouldn't hate it. But I feel like with two episodes left, where are they going to go with it? France. <laughs> <laughs> and, and let's add another log to the fire. And Carol has been 100% supportive of this possibility too she's said as much throughout this few seasons actually so i want to see what rachel thinks because i'm an asshole no comment you know, bring out the bring out the caroler in you yet no comment <laughs> no com- you're, you're really no comment oh wow well you get one every season i suppose <laughs> <laughs> i, I think wanna... i put you through enough today <laughs> i don't but I why don't... though you're, you're good you're good you're a good person i don't want to expose myself but wait, but this is not strange. People know that you have an affinity. You'd be fine if it wasn't that Daryl and Carol ended up being together, but... I'd be fine if they didn't end up together, just as long as they're not with anybody else. 
Oh my All God. Right. <laughs> I, you know what? I'll leave it there. Unless you want to qualify it later on. Like, wow. You know the thing I said earlier? <laughs> but So you were like, were you like, okay, I'm going to, one more question. Okay. When you saw that you were like, roll your eyes. Was it roll your eyes? Tent country? No, it was cry my eyes. Do you not re- like, I don't, even, I barely <laughs> remember this episode. I was crying the whole time. But rolling your eyes while crying is very lubricating. So, I mean, maybe. That's true. <laughs> That's true. No, I don't like to read into things that I don't want to get behind. So, no, when th- you would, where you see things, where you see things happening, I don't. I'm just like blinders. Blinders. It's so funny. He's like, she says so much by not saying anything <laughs> at all. Like, I don't want to just, you know what? I'm aware of my blindness towards this scene yes. that, that I don't want happening. Yes, I realize Carol... <laughs> is in support of this and that's cool carol that's cool i don't have to be i can be mad for you it's fine <laughs> okay you know what i'll leave it there i am anti caroler oh okay, I, okay. no i don't like, think that they need to be statement. together uh, no thank you some people can just be friends and i feel like it's okay to write people as platonic friends. You don't have to try yeah, to yeah. jam everyone together all the time. It doesn't <laughs> need like, to happen. Ugh. So like, yeah, do I think not everybody they, gets a happy they, ending? They, do so I well. think do I think that they've had some moments? Sure, <laughs> but have I had friendships where I've had really cutesy moments with people and that relationship didn't go anywhere? Yeah, of course. I'm a guy. I think that all the time. And like, so. and I was friends with those people afterwards. Like it wasn't, and it wasn't a big deal. And I like want them to be happy. So for me, it's like, yeah, that's a thing that could happen. And that happens with really close friends. If you are friends with the sex that you're attracted to, I think that can happen. I think that you have like Mutually. little flirty kind of moments and it's like, you know, but it's not, it doesn't have to be like a thing specifically with connie and daryl you're saying i'm saying carol and daryl because in the early seasons there were moments that you could say like yeah that was flirty or whatever but like, like this could go somewhere but i but like i'm a flirty person and i flirted i flirt with like all of my friends so i do not find that unusual and maybe people are like well you you're a hoe so that's why but i'm not um oh. reformed <laughs> reformed <Fun Bridget>. um <laughs> party bridget <laughs> um no party bridget is reformed but i will say that i i do i do like the connie and Daryl relationship, I, I am a little bit of a Donnie fan. Like Sharon, I'm not a huge shipper. I don't, it, it is what it is. Like the story is going to be written and I don't decide yeah. and I'm not going to go, I'm not going to write fanfic about it. Because I write just, this? It, it is, I do write this. Yes, yeah, so no, I do write you, this. you already know how this is. So I already up. know what's going to happen. I'm not going to share it with you though. <laughs> Guys, that's against my contracts. <laughs> well, they might do reshoots <laughs> and cast another writer. So yeah. and um, anyway, <laughs> but I, I, I have enjoyed these Connie and Daryl moments. moments. Yeah. I think they're very sweet. I think it's a, a genuine relationship and I think there's real chemistry there. So I'm, I'm not mad about it in the slightest at all. I'm pretty happy about it. I'm just using this as a platform to expose myself, to exhibition myself, I should say. <laughs> shut up, Dave. Shut up, Dave. One time. One time I say Well, it. no, I see. I say this so that I can go into the humiliating part, which is I feel like Dr. Everett now and that I, I, I actually kind of have to. I'm not saying that I want this necessarily. I do want story. I want a good story. I know deep in my heart, actually, my actual deep, dark heart. That's where all the darkness lies, is that I feel like they're going to fuck us again and he's not going to be with anybody. Ding, <laughs> ding, ding. On the surface, <laughs> on the surface, I do. I, I, I 
do like this is hard for me to say i do want this to happen because it's a lot like the he thing the more we keep talking about it the more i don't care about it, it so that's kind of the way i feel about the whole daryl and carol situation so many opportunities for it to happen never happen so why am i going to go rake over this again you know like it's it's like pulling a slot machine expecting when a jackpot and you never do so like when you see something like and this is engineered this is all written that way just so we're clear this is not an accident this is not real life. So when you see something like Connie and Daryl, it's like, oh, this is fresh. This is a new opportunity. It's a different slot machine, essentially. And maybe I can win this time. Are you maybe something will slot happen. Machines? Yeah. I'm talking this over to the Wizard of the, uh, the um, Wizard of Oz one, you know? Well, the mechanic is the I'm same. Sure You're like investing in something. Slot machines. <laughs> no, they're slot machines. There's a difference. So then, you've no, got um, a slot. It makes sense. It just makes sense. Right. For you said earlier that they fit. They just fit so well. They do. She's just like mad that I said, throw away Daryl and Carol. Ugh, Shut too. up. Let's talk this, about Mercer. Will we? <laughs> that being said, but just to make it clear, because. I'm not a sexist. I'm a little bit of a sexist, but it's game theory. Carol and Daryl is the um, sunk cost fallacy for most people. You put in so much, you can't walk away now. And then the whole idea is all game theory. It's what can I do to get people to keep investing in a thing? And I've said this on occasion. That's that's really what it amounts to. So when you do see something nice on the horizon, oh, that's a bright spot. They just game theoried me. They just game theoried me. That's all I want to say about that. I'm hum- I'm hand in hat saying that I want this to happen, knowing full well that they're gaming me right now. I, I'm admitting my con, my Connie, my Donnie ship, sort of, I suppose. It maybe. makes me worried for Connie, if anything. That's what I'm saying. I know yeah. it's, I know it's gaming me right now, but mm-hmm. I, I never, I never, I, I try my best to be like distance from these sort of things because I want to have that objective viewpoint, but. Oh, and maybe I should clarify. I do love Connie as a character. So I don't know if I need to say that out loud or not, but I do. Hey, I know why you would do that, too. Yeah. And that's, it's silly that you have to. It yeah. is silly. But people people have ruined it. I know. So that's fair. Yeah. yeah. But I do love Connie. Yeah. Watch every single episode. And we've always clarified mm-hmm. our I, because I'm in charge and I make you <laughs> <laughs> that we have very, very nuanced opinions. Like even if Rachel comes out and she and I know why you don't want to admit that you want what you want. It's because of that. And it's silly because I've heard you multiple times on the show be very clear about the way you see this relationship yes. and that you don't wish ill on any of the other characters. No. So I'm here to, yeah, I got your back. You know, as much as I put you, th- I'm the one who puts <laughs> you through the ringer, not them. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have the right. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're, you're my, you're my uh, prisoner. <laughs> That's why you, I make it up to you by giving you first uh, credit. So, <laughs> Mom's here and I, Rachel Bray. Good, good news. The courtroom scene. There's not much to it. On first watch, I was actually pissed at the scene, and I, I was hoping. I'm hoping to, that some of you might have thought the same thing I did on first watch, which was, you know, between the crying, that I was very aghast at Yumiko's lack of legal prowess in the moment in the first watch. She's supposed to be the most renowned no. attorney in the Commonwealth. I, I, I channeled. I channeled. I channeled Rachel in her spiel. No. <laughs> but did you feel the same way as I did? In Because it was one thing to say it and be like, okay, I can accept that in the prior episode. But in this episode, I was like, oh man, maybe Rachel's right. <laughs> no, because it, the judge was obviously in Pamela's pocket mm-hmm. and there oh, was no sure. way 
Yumiko couldn't make the judge do anything, so no matter what she did, she was going to lose. So, no, I didn't feel like it was Yumiko's lack of prowess. I felt like it was being owned by Pamela. Well, it's less about the result for me than it's, it was the action. Yeah, I thought she could have asked more pointed, specific questions about the lottery. And again, I know we're pressed for time, TV show, but they could have extended the... But anyway, uh, but I agree with you Sharon. upon second watch i didn't i denoted her and i i like had to suffer writing this down because it, it hurt to write this down but it's true noticing that pamela just was not going to ask or answer anything of substance she noticed that and she says this to eugene i can't play to the judge or the legal system i have to play to the audience now mm-hmm. you know what's really great about that really great upon second watch and it just keeps growing in my mind that pamela noticed that and she switched it up too. She saw the crowd as Yumiko is asking the question. She looks up with disgust or like with that kind of like, oh, mm, this isn't going the way I thought it would. Mm, they don't seem happy with these questions. What about the lottery? Mm, hmm, hmm. And then she says, that's a doctored tape. And all of a sudden there were people in the audience going, mm. some of them were like, hmm, huh? What? Buzz, buzz, buzz. Okay, dude, a doctored tape. They live in the zombie apocalypse. In what world is there enough technology for them to doctor a voice recording of someone? That is like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I It's 2022. It's 2020. It's 2022 right now. And like we're Let at the point now where we can like do that. This is supposed to be technology that stopped in 2010. Mm-hmm. But, but how I many just, people actually know what Sebastian's voice sounds like? Like it's not like he's he's out there saying shit all the time. Fair. Well, okay. Everyone who heard him standing in the middle of the ring talking. But okay, that was through a mic, and that tape recording was also through a a an older tape. (laughs) Well, but an older tape recorder on cassette, and I can tell you, can give you all the technical specifics on kilohertz and why. Well, like okay, when we heard Maxine's voice for the first time through a radio and we're talking about even smaller frequencies talk about a telephone that's even smaller than a radio i want to actually i'm not sure which one comes first but sometimes when you hear something this is classic i have a cl- I've, i'm gonna launch into this and i'll get back i have a customer who on the phone sa- sounds like he's saying hi <laughs> but when i meet him in person the frequency in his voice is restored <laughs> so he doesn't sound like that but it's something that we in the background of our company make fun of all the time but anybody who's actually been there in person he sounds like hi guys but like on the phone hi. he's like hi hi david i'm like whoa whoa in person it's not like that oh at all God, so like you I can understand you handled fran drescher's account <laughs> hi david so that it's literally hi i anyway that's how he sounds so and we've mentioned this on the show in context with like margo being uh stephanie at the time who we thought was stephanie and eugene being confused about it so i like that you brought that up sharon that's that's a good nugget and i'm sure that pamela on the reg would not want him to speak up because he's a little shit so he's always speaking through devices apparently <laughs> well fine <laughs> well, fine. <laughs> fine you got me there guys but i will sing a i'm gonna sing a song right now dave that i sang over the weekend before i even saw this episode and that's that this was 
mock trial with Judge Reinhold. Mock trial. <laughs> because this was the fakest trial I've ever seen. Fake in what way, though? Pamela called him a murderer. Not even like you killed my son, but you're a murderer. And Yumiko's like, objection, obviously. Because you <laughs> right. would object to that. You're trying yeah. to prove that he is not. And, right, innocent. And they're like, they're just guilty. like straight up like denied. So I was like, oh, guilty until proven innocent. That's the court of yes, law that's, here. That's the Commonwealth way. What? What? So fake trial. I thought for a second you meant fake in the sense of like, oh, this is bad. Like as in, no, they, the show did this bad. This is the fakest thing that the show has ever done. Uh, no, dude. You remember the deer, right? <laughs> this you is nowhere the deer, idiot deer, like, yeah, the fakest yeah, thing I, I've seen I feel like an show. idiot <laughs> for seeing the deer and now everybody else is an idiot for seeing the deer anyway yeah if you've so. seen that deer you're dumb as hell you're you just <laughs> iq points 10 done don't see it again just don't look at it dumber after deer <laughs> <laughs> yeah george they should they should just george lucas the shit out of that right like when it's all when it's all said and done they go back oh walking dead remastered season seven i think it was yeah because they're finding shit we finally fixed the deer you guys but also for some reason we added in carl's eye again you're like what why george lucas came on to handle it that's why we added in stuff you didn't ask for wouldn't that make the scene with him singing to Negan a lot creepier? <laughs> Just like because like he like has an actual loosely eye. floating eye. <laughs> like um, uh, Cap Henry Cavill's CGI'd mustache. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> Same effect. Ridicule. Mashing up Carl and Eamon Targaryen like the two eye patches. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm not there yet. God. Uh, of course I've seen Targaryen. <laughs> Carl Garion? Grimes Carl Garion. Carl. Well, I can't say it now. All right. Well, I guess we're moving on. But interestingly enough, we've all seen the scene. I think it shows how smart Mercer is to know that this was not going to happen any other way. And we're all kind of wondering when it is going to be the point where Mercer comes around. Meanwhile, and I put this to you, was he always going to come around? Not like us going, yeah, he's going to come. Yeah, he's going to come around. But maybe he had this in motion for a while now and he just needed to do it in this specific manner because he knew there was going to be no justice for Eugene. So he's been preparing since the moment he had to take him in or when he surrendered no. himself. No, I think he changed his mind with Eugene's speech because if Princess didn't move motivate him, like they were saying, if Princess didn't motivate him to act. When Eugene made his speech, I think he took that to heart and changed his mind right there on the spot. Interesting. That's what I okay. thought too. Does everybody feel that way? There was a thing that Angela King said in the episode Insider that says otherwise. Because when Yumiko goes to him, Angela Kang suggests that he what had the fuck already... What know? <laughs> Sorry. There you go. That's all I needed to hear. That's all I needed to hear. She doesn't write the show I do. <laughs> but it is something it is a cool thing to play with right like it is like when did he decide to do and i'm maybe we'll find out more in the next episode because it literally ends with saying him saying let's all say it together i don't know one and two and a three time, time to, to fuck shit, shit, up. shit up we fucked that up that was horrible <laughs> yeah. that was terrible well, well we did it we did it because we fucked shit up uh, I'm not sure I said that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so final thoughts on 
this moment, though. What are you feeling? Hopeful? Uh, is it going to be a difficult climb? Does Mercer know what he's doing? Is he going to get the soldiers he needs? Cause I'll I say what I always inside. say, Dave. Viva la revolution! I'm well, excited. Well, I mean, I feel what they've been showing us throughout this past season and a little bit of last season is how most of the soldiers really aren't. I mean, they're in line with the Commonwealth, but most of them are very disaffected. Almost every soldier that we've come across has had a disaffection of some kind with the way things are going. So I think that has been foreshadowing throughout the whole se season that, yes, most of the soldiers are going to side with Mercer. Class by class. Once, once yeah. it goes over, once it, once it starts happening. Yeah. On that note, I wanted to bring up something that I almost forgot, which was something that very dovetailed very nicely from the last episode, which was we saw Trooper 401, I think, stabbed with the railroad spike. Gabriel going to him and saying, people remember the last thing that you did. And it took second watch right up until the end for me going, hey, what are my final thoughts? And I thought of that scene in relation to how lovely it is that Negan did that very thing. The show or the fans have always been battling back and forth about what would it take for Negan to ever be absolved of his sins. And I feel like the show is always trying to find ways to respond to that. And I know that he can never be absolved of what he did, right, Rachel? And so I love how the show gets us really, really close to that answer. And that maybe, not that we can cut him some slack, but, but maybe the show's showing us something about ourselves when we look at these scenarios and how much, how badly we want that to happen and how badly maybe we shouldn't, we should think about maybe not doing that or maybe showing mercy, let's say. And maybe it's not about him, but about us. And so I think he was in that moment showing the world, though he, I don't think he intended everybody to come in his, to rally with him, that maybe the last thing he could have done could be the way he was remembered for being that, that one person that could take it all on for everybody else. For the sake of his kid alone, let's say, so that his kid wouldn't have to remember him as, oh, my dad was a hero. You know, he took it on for, to save my mom, let's say. I just think about that. You know, and I like how that carried through and just going on the heels of what Sharon D just said, like these people just just want to be able to live without a jackboot. They don't want to be remembered for this, for gunning down a pregnant woman. That's crazy. That's like World War Two Holocaust shit. We talked about a lot that a lot in the last episode. Yeah. And it just ratcheted up. Just like me, I'm Ratchet. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> With that dark thought, everyone, if you've liked what you've heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. Five stars and an eggplant is all we need to know that you love us. But tell us what you liked. Or tell us what us. you didn't like. Oh, and tell us what we missed. Please tell us what we missed. But remember to tell us after every episode and remember to leave your screen name so that we can tag you in any posts with your rating. And if you want to follow our journey behind the scenes to get the schedule of our recordings, because we don't post them on social media, all we ask you to do is follow us on either ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead or patreon.com slash squawkingdead. You don't have to buy us a coffee on Ko-fi. You don't have to join a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month. All we want you to do is follow us so you know when we record, you know when we drop our unedited episode recordings, even though you might need to support us in order to get them. But should you decide to support us by buying us a coffee on Ko-fi, you'll receive 30 days of supported back content. Or if you join a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month, you'll have access to our Discord, our unedited episode recordings, and our love and devotion and a whole host of perks that you don't even know the limit of because sometimes we don't explicitly say them. We just like giving you more. That's the kind of people we are. We want to know that we're giving the people who support our journey more. I'm always thinking of ways. To that end, there will be a merch discount 
at the viewing party. I still have to figure that one out. But if you are a member of either our Kofi or our Patreon, we will be issuing on the spot discounts for our merch should you buy. Take care, everybody. I've been your host, David Cameo. I was joined by Cosmom09, Rachel Burt, Sharon D, K, Blazy Gardner, and Bridget. KO-FI.com slash Punky Brewster. That's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. <sighs> Two episodes left, punk. folks. Punky. <laughs> it's time to punk. Oh, by the way, Oscar, Oscar was in that episode. We didn't even talk about it. Oh, yeah. Oscar's in the episode. Bye, everybody. Oscar was in that episode. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Which was pretty cool to see. It Sorry was cool. About that. He Thank got you, zoomed in Bridget. on twice. That was cool. Yeah. That was cool. A clear shot of his face, even though, you know, they're usually masked. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool, too. I bet that was really great for Oscar to show up during the viewing party. It was after not being like in anything for, uh, since the whispers. Like, well, and he was masked. So mm. we got to see his face. That's kind of cool, well, cool that they're able to do that. But with that, everybody, uh, take care. We'll see you in the next one. And barring the next one, we'll see you live as we watch together at the viewing party. Anthony Collins, that's my viewing party. I can't wait to meet all of you. I, I know that some of the people that we're going to meet, we've never met. Yeah. Uh, and there's going to be a whole subsection of people that we, uh, a whole set of the crowd that we've never met before. So I can't wait to show you what we're doing. Can't wait for you to see this because you will have met us for the first time and we want to give you something that you love to watch. We'll bully you into everybody. listening to us. Yeah. And we, well, we tortured Rachel enough so that you're like, oh, I like that. Mm, torture Rachel more. Mm. <laughs> see you next week, folks. Take care. Bye. And, and some of you, see you soon. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode, the 22nd episode of The Walking Dead's 11th and final season titled Faith. And now we get to the part where we acknowledge our supporters, mainly our survivors and whispers tier members. It's a perk that they receive when they join a membership tier on either ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead or patreon.com slash squawkingdead. Starting with our survivors tier, whom have the privilege of breaking down these episodes with us, we've got at RealRyanGM on Twitter. Twitter, fanartlindy, ko-fi.com slash fanartlindy, and elizajones71 on Instagram and at jonesaj6 on Twitter. Moving along to the Whispers tier, whom receive, just like the Survivors tier, 50% off in the merch store and the ability to join us on our Jackbox Games live streams on camera and mic. We've got judith.morton on Instagram, Aiden Atkin, who's at ko-fi.com slash Aiden Atkin, at Tyler Phillip Cox on both Instagram and Twitter, sandy.d.morton Morrison on Facebook, J13 Voorhees on Instagram and Twitter, MRTNYVet on Twitter, and Jasmine.IAC on Instagram. Sadly, Jasmine, who's been a Survivor's Tier member for a very long time, since maybe even before we were covering The Walking Dead World Beyond, had to reduce her support to the Whispers Tier for now. But I wanted to acknowledge her for all the support she's given us over the years. It seems, it feels, <laughs> at least. She's a very, very valued supporter in our book and we will never not thank her for everything she's done for us for insights for 
support, for her attitude. So a little extra shout out for Jasmine for sticking around and being the Squawking Dead fam she is. And just remember, if you like what you heard, obviously you can head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. And if you want to be keyed in to the behind the scenes discussions that we have on the podcast, when we record, when the unedited episode recordings drop, when we have some cool things come down the pike that we would like your input on, the only way to join in those conversations is to head over to ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead and patreon.com slash squawkingdead and just follow us for free there. Just have to create an account and follow us for free. We look forward to your followership and we also look forward to speaking with you very soon during our discussion surrounding the 23rd episode of The Walking Dead's 11th and final season titled Family, which as of this recording, we're going to be recording tomorrow night at 6pm and you can only get the schedule on either Patreon or Ko-fi. Take care everybody, we'll be with you every step of the way and we'll see you real soon. Until next time.